2: You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out. Who? Who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Here we go. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker.
3: On this Friday, you made it. So I hope that you had a fantastic work week. because It just now feels like we're kind of getting back in the rhythm of being regular workers (laughs) with New Year's and Christmas or whatever holiday you might celebrate. So kind of back in the rhythm as we get into uh, late January. And I have to be honest with you. I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic. Um, when when you when you talk about the second signing day, it is that. It is the second most important signing day. And welcome on board. Please hit the like button. It helps us reach more viewers, and we greatly appreciate that. Um <clears throat> well, we got some Cam Pringle talk. We got some recruiting talk. We got some we got some stuff going on. This used to be hot, hot stuff when you were uh, uh, just outside of the first Wednesday in February. Now that day just kind of passes by, and it's yes, it's National Signing Day, but you may pick up three or four guys. But, uh, Caleb, the, uh, the Cam Pringle thing and some, some other movement out there in, in the recruiting world I think is, is, is pretty intriguing. It reminds me of years gone by.
4: Yeah, I I feel the same way. It's, um, there were always, even since the early signing period started, there have always been like a select few of stars that still waited till National Signing Day. Um, I believe the first year of the early signing period was 2017, and I believe Tennessee got burned on National Signing Day. Quay Walker, I think they expected to commit to them on National Signing Day, and I think committed to Georgia. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know it, it it creates a little bit of fun. I, I will say that um, you know it it basically turns January into an entire month of just recruiting and transfer news, which was not the case back in the day because you recap the recruiting class from the early signing period, the transfer portals open, and national signing day is coming up soon.
3: Definitely, and uh, Tennessee is like every other school going to be more involved with transfer portal stuff in january than they are going to be uh, with just straight up recruiting high school recruiting like it used to be and and i get that and tennessee was a bit of a surprise we were actually on the air yesterday i think you have to regrade if we were to do a grade of the transfer portal and tennessee's success or lack thereof so as a reminder the portal closed on wednesday but you can still take people so that they don't get just lost in the portal. And uh, our own uh, Caleb Gyro uh, will join us a little bit later in the program, and we'll get a breakdown of where Tennessee is in the transfer portal and uh, this class. But a breaking one yesterday and another BYU uh, transfer that uh, I think can definitely fill an incredible hole for the Vols, that you know, Tennessee just has to get better on defense or report card on Tennessee's defense in 2022 will be up. And uh, Caleb gave me the difficult one. He took the offense. Everybody's A-something. On me, it was everybody C-something at best. Um, But definitely, I think, based on what happened on Wednesday, or excuse me, yesterday, Tennessee is better off in the transfer portal than they were uh, just a couple of days ago. And good morning to you, John. Good big orange morning from uh, John Hill. What do you think of uh, where Tennessee is in the transfer portal with their latest edition.
4: Yeah, we were breaking it down yesterday, and I think um, adding, uh, I think Gabe Judy Loudy from uh, BYU was, I mean, that puts them in much better shape. Um, you know, particularly, you know, you remember this, Dave, last year they missed to a certain degree. They, they went for secondary help in the transfer portal, and they may have gotten one, they may have found one guy in Wesley Walker, but... It sounds like they missed on Andre Tarantino. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like that was just a whiff. And that's going to happen in the transfer portal every now and then. So they go back out this time, and they pick a proven starter at two different schools. And we'll obviously have Ja Rule come on a little later to break him down a little more. And I think that – but just on the surface, here's a guy who has started in the SEC, started at BYU this past year and so there's a lot of proven experience that he brings to the secondary whereas last year i remember and i think hypo's going to go this route more in the future you know last year when he went after andre Turantine, that was basically like getting another commitment Turantine was a four-star db who had played one year at ohio state barely played that was all about potential and now i think you see hypo going more for proven commodities in the transfer portal more than guys with potential If that makes sense
3: can, even though I agree with you, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Andre Turantine, I really felt like him and Wesley Walker were a little bit overhyped. Now, Walker lived up to the hype, but let me play devil's advocate with Turantine. He could still have a a, a a good career at Tennessee. You're talking about a guy that didn't play very much at Ohio State. I felt like because of the four-star ranking and he had played at Ohio State, That when he comes in, Tennessee fans a lot thought, hey, he should start. He should be the guy. That certainly wasn't the case. He was nowhere really in the rotation or even close that we know of. So I think you're right. But it wouldn't stun me if Andre Tarantine was a factor this year. I think he has the physical ability. Or am I reaching on Tarantine?
4: Oh, you might be right on that. Um, it, it could just be that expectations were set a little too high. Maybe he needed a year to just kind of figure it out. We see that a lot of times with, with players, particularly in the secondary, where they just really emerge out of nowhere sometimes. Um, and so that might happen with Tarantino next year. I mean, it, it happened with uh, – well, – they say it happened with Slaughter, Danico Slaughter this past year, but I, am, I, I, I think the coaches talked him up a lot more than what I saw from him in, in game film, but, or, or Tamarian to McDonald too. But to be fair, they got their way into the rotation, which they weren't really factors the year before. So the, the you're right, the secondary is very fluid. Warren Burrell's coming back, by the way, from a season-ending injury, which um, we don't know what type of factor he'll be. I think the thing that's very clear with Tennessee, though, and this was the fundamental problem last year, And I still think it's going to be the fundamental problem this year. They don't have a number one cornerback. They don't have a cornerback that can guard the top receiver. And they haven't had one since Alante Taylor left at the end of
3: 2021. Great. Now, go
4: ahead. Yeah, no, no, I think that. um, And, you know, when you don't have that, you know, we look at Trey Flowers, NFL potential, and I think he actually has some NFL potential, but it didn't show because he was covering up for so many, shortcomings at cornerback which happens with safeties a lot of times a a, a great example of that Dave, would be um wouldn't it be we talked about him in the past but two guys that come to mind for me were Rashad Baker and Jonathan Hefney I think I remember Jonathan Hefney his last year as free safety really had to cover up for a lot of shortcomings at cornerback and it really hurt his draft stock because he almost could have left after his junior year
3: no Hefney was definitely hurt by what he did for the team and there were players that are like that um one was uh, mitchell i can't remember his first name linebacker played with a torn acl for the, the remainder jason mitchell yes jason mitchell uh he was an incredible athlete he wanted to give his all for the balls and, and good for him but it probably hurt his nfl potential i thought that baker was similar honestly i thought baker should have been a receiver from the get uh, if you want me to be real frank with you i thought hefney also was a guy that bounced around a lot of different positions um, that probably hurt him as well. And it's not to say you can't rise to the top. You can, but but you you make that early impression on NFL scouts, and sometimes that's that's tough to change. You get drafted as a cornerback or you get drafted as a safety, and you're talking about a 52-man roster. That's a lot different than having 85 guys. So you can get pigeonholed into that position And it might not be the best position for you. You'll be in a great position if you go to Viles Automotive Group. Viles Automotive Group on Callahan, the epicenter of car buying right there in Knoxville. Viles Automotive Group is absolutely fantastic. So check them out. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business. And just unbelievable when it comes to uh, their integrity there. And same for their service department. They'll get your car running with what you need and not just with what they want to sell you. How about that? Uh, I hadn't even thought of Mitchell's name, by the way, hit the like button. It helps us. And if you haven't set your notifications on, on our audio channels, which is Apple, which is Spotify and all that, set the notifications on because just in the past couple of days, we've posted interviews that we've had with uh, Jacob Warren. Uh, We are always posting interviews with Cooper Mays and on and on and on. So a lot of stuff on there in, in addition to the daily show, which, airs every day at 10. I hadn't thought of the Mitchell name in a in a long, long time. You start talking about guys, and maybe this is a column idea for us, but you start talking about guys that have given their all for Tennessee. One that I would rank up there, Now it worked out for him, would be Jason Witten. Didn't want to move from defensive end to tight end. That obviously worked out, and that was uh, fantastic. But there are guys who have clearly made decisions that – do not help their pro future um, by decisions they make in college to play more or play different positions. That that happens a lot, and we'll see if that continues to happen with nil money, how that affects it. But um, you know, certainly, I think there are players that 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 have done that before. Um, and but but in the means- who.
4: Sean Bryson comes to mind. Bryson could have been a running back at so many other places, and he willingly played fullback at Tennessee.
3: No, he and, and especially – okay, so he, he was fast. Uh, I, I, he didn't have the shiftiness to me, but he definitely could have played – he could have been a starting tailback at Tennessee. He could have been a starting tailback at any school in the nation. But especially – have you ever thought about Sean Bryson as a potential dot-the-i tailback in the Big Ten? is that oh my god
1: perfect? he would perfect
3: i mean you don't you don't have to worry about the shiftiness as much you're running between the tackles you have power you're punishing people with the combination of speed and power that's crazy good Yeah.
4: i think of him as like he would have been the perfect wisconsin running back you know wisconsin always get those north to south runners behind the elite offensive linemen so yeah <laughs>
3: Travis brings up, and Travis, I'm not sure how old you are, but uh, Jeremy Banks moving to linebacker got him to the NFL. Absolutely. So there are moves that help you get to the get to the NFL that help the team as well. But Travis, I'll I'll give you some more. How about this? How about Tennessee's entire starting linebacker core in '98? Al Wilson played tailback. Uh, now everybody knew he was going to play linebacker in college, but. You know, Eric Westmoreland, um, Dominique Stevenson, I could go on and on and on of guys that did play tailback and were moved to running back. That was kind of the end thing to do. And they could learn it because John Chavis's defense wasn't really that complicated. <laughs> <to be laughs> real. So, Travis, that's good stuff. Uh, I like that. So, as far as Tennessee uh, headed into the weekend, I think the one you want to watch more than anything is cam pringle so now you have some experts predicting him to south carolina based off his high school coach now he's out of woodland high school in dorchester south carolina uh based off of his high school coach he was down to two schools and has made his decision we'll have coverage of that sunday at two o'clock on off the hook sports um I could be surprised. We're talking about a 2024 young man. Uh, certainly things could change, but I think Georgia is very much in there. They flew a helicopter to go see him like Lane Kiffin did in Atlanta one year. Um, I, I I think South Carolina is in there. I think Clemson's in there. This, to me, seems like the type of guy, and I could be wrong, that Tennessee won't get in 2023. But if Shane Beamer is the coach, I think he is, and not the one that finished the season fantastically well. If he's the coach that I think he is, which isn't very good, and if Dabo Sweeney's anywhere close to retiring or that program continues to trend down, I think this is the type of guy that Tennessee gets in in 2026. May not make you feel good this year or this weekend, but I think Tennessee is really in the battle for these type of guys and winning against Georgia in a couple more years with a little bit more under Josh Heupel's belt. You?
4: No, I agree. I think a bigger deal for Tennessee, and this is going to be weird to say because it may not work out, they might want to hope that he doesn't end up at South Carolina or Clemson. I've talked in the past, and you have to about how the recruiting battles for Tennessee, South Carolina to a certain degree is almost a ground zero spot for Tennessee. And you're going to – you know, Georgia's going to rack up elite recruits no matter what. But you need South Carolina and Clemson to kind of falter as programs if you want to stay where you want Tennessee to stay at. And so I think at that point, I think it's I think it's better for Tennessee if Cam Pringle commits to Georgia or Alabama than it is if he commits to Clemson or South Carolina. That's a
3: – yeah, I would have to agree with that. Because um, I think if you're Tennessee and recruiting, you're kind of picking off the the weak, uh, and the weaker, maybe I should say. I think South Carolina, and nobody's gonna argue that South Carolina and Clemson are weaker than Georgia is right now. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, it makes Georgia stronger. Would you rather him go to Georgia and Georgia be stronger, or would you rather him go to South Carolina and Clemson and maybe keep them at their state or raise them above? I hadn't thought of it like that. But you bring up a good point. Is he better off going to Georgia? And Georgia's just darn good anyway.
4: Yeah, I think it's better off for Tennessee if he goes to Georgia. I mean, if he doesn't go to Georgia, is Georgia really going to? Is that really going to weaken Georgia at all in the future? No, Georgia's loaded with talent down the line, and that's not really changing anytime soon.
3: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be in the twenty twenty five championship game and say, "Man, if we'd have got Cam Pringle." <laughs> the Buckeyes wouldn't have stood a chance had we had Cam Pringle
4: yeah they're not going to say that they're not going to say that South Carolina on the other hand might be like man we could have been a top 25 team this year if we had Cam Pringle as our right tackle or left tackle they might be able to say that Georgia's not going to (laughs) say you're right that's not going to change with Georgia so
3: dad that blame Cam didn't get Cam and everything (laughs) goes off the rails portions of the program brought to you by bassy lawn and garden man alive it's worth the drive in cleveland if you need industrial mowers and you're in knoxville nashville chattanooga doesn't matter especially if you're in cleveland they've got industrial mowers they've got the commercial mowers and they also have the residential mowers blowers and everything right there at bassy lawn and garden man alive it's worth the drive and then a young man makes his uh debut uh your your thoughts on uh, what I'll let you pronounce his last name. What Freddie was able to do in his first Tennessee practice on uh, Thursday. Your thoughts?
4: I mean, he looks like he's ready to go now. He's going to redshirt for this year, and then he's going to um, start in twenty twenty three twenty four. But you know, he's a shooting guard. He's he's he plays very good defense. It looks like, um, which that you know, Rick Barnes loves defensive players.
3: Um, One of the videos, ironically, was him. And uh, our, our own uh, uh, Caleb uh, Jaru who mentioned this was him turning the ball over from Zakai Ziegler. That had to be a oops moment. That's not the <laughs> one you want to go viral.
4: Yeah, it. Uh, I guess it. I guess it fuels uh, your your feelings, Dave. That Zakai is one of those frustrating players. But he's, you know, Zakai Ziegler is like is he's like Manu Ginobili. Where Manu, if you remember, was like you wanted to. If you were a Spurs fan, or if you picked the Spurs to win, which I did a lot of times, you had moments where you were just like, "Get him off the court, just stop. <laughs> he's horrible." But then he's got a game in the playoffs where you you're like, "I want to buy him dinner afterward because he's he just he balls out and saves you." And I mean, 2013 NBA Finals, if Manu was on the bench, the Spurs probably won that, and LeBron—that's another ring LeBron doesn't have. 2014 NBA Finals. You know, mano balls out, <laughs> and so it's it's kind of you don't know what you're going to get.
3: I don't, I don't have anything personal against Sakai Ziegler, and I root for most all college athletes to be be the best they they can be. But I can't stand watching that dude play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be. Am I alone on that message board? People, hit the like button and and let me know what you think because ball in China shop. Bully, oh, that's a good one. And so incredibly inconsistent. I mean, not just inconsistent from game to game, but half to half. I feel like if they split it into quarters, it'd be quarter to quarter. I mean, I just, it it just to me, and, and like on the verge of out of control at all times. Ron Slay, I mentioned Tony Harris's name. He, and he agreed with me. Tony Harris was a guy out there. You had no idea what you were going to get on a particular night or afternoon on the weekend. You had zero idea.
4: Yeah, Tony, you know, I always get mixed on my feelings on Tony Harris because I I know there's a lot of criticism of those Tennessee teams as underachieving, and I think Tony Harris really took the run of the blame for that, that 2000-2001 team, the biggest. But I think so much of that was horrible coaching by Jerry Green at the same time. And I think –
3: one of it's my okay. favorite. Can I tell you one of my favorite stories about Jerry Green?
2: So this is.
3: Can I tell you that I forgot to turn my phone off? One of my favorite stories about Jerry Green is this is right before the NCAA tournament, and this is so like the NCAA tournament game was like on a Friday, okay? The the opening round, and so you've really got three days to practice because. So on a Friday game. Yeah, but well they would do the press conferences on Thursday. So you've got three days to practice once you know your opponent. And I'm not going to mention this reporter, but he's very esteemed. And you read him a lot. And he's one of the most talented uh, writers, I believe, that <clears throat> has ever worked in, in East Tennessee. And so Jerry Green goes out there and it's like he just didn't have time to put a plan together. And he goes, all right. And I do a pretty good Jerry Green impression. We're just going to do two hours of street ball. And that was the preparation on a Monday before the NCAA tournament. And they did. They just scrimmaged and went up and down the court, not running plays. It was fun to watch. But just up and down the court for two hours before the NCAA tournament. And the writer that I was referring to, who never curses, and was one of the greatest men I know, said, GD, this is bleeping ridiculous.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So so what you're saying is (laughs) everything negative said about Jerry Green sounds like it was true. He just rolled the ball out for a bunch of players that Kevin O'Neill got for him.
3: My other – okay, well, I'll illustrate it with this. My other favorite story about Jerry Green is, remember he was accused on ball calls of playing golf during the season? Do you remember that?
4: I don't remember that. I know the whole go to Kmart reference that I didn't know the golf. Oh, yeah, that's a good
3: one too. That's a good one too. But the, the golf thing was around that time when it was getting hot. And so uh, Jerry Green said, just out of nowhere, there may have, he may have had a couple of pops before ball calls every night because he would do it by phone. I think he had, you know, maybe a martini or eight. And so he would say he would just insert things that weren't even asked for Bob Kessling. I felt sorry for him. But one thing he said, and uh, Bob, before I get off here, I just wanted to answer the question if I play golf during the season. And I'm like, oh, don't go there. I'm listening on a lot of radio driving home. And he goes, well, I've never played golf during the season. Kid you not, kid you not. The next week, Chris Lowe and I were having a discussion after covering practice about something else now with ESPN. We were in a different hallway at Thompson Bowling Arena. So we had a discussion for about 30 minutes. So at that point, all the reporters were gone. At least that's what Jerry Green thought. He walks away from practice, out of practice, out of Thompson Bowling Arena with a golf bag on his arm as Chris and I went out the other way. And we saw him, and he looked like he Santa Claus had been caught on Christmas Eve. That is, I will put my hand on a Bible. That is a true story. He left practice with a golf bag on his shoulder while they were practicing inside, heading out the door.
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, if he was a brilliant tactician, you could forgive him because I know stories that Steve Spurrier would actually say, guys, let's wrap up practice so I can go golfing when he was in the NFL every now and then. But Steve Spurrier was such a great game planner. He really didn't mind.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this wasn't that case. We're going to talk Tennessee recruiting next. Uh, Caleb Jaru, are you ready and fired up? Oh, yeah. Let's get it done. All right. We're going to get it done in exactly two minutes. Hang tight. Guardian Investment Advisors is who you need to get in touch with when – You're thinking about where to put your money. They'll show you where to put it and why. Guardian Investment Advisors, go to GIAPlantoday.com. GIAPlantoday.com. Talking recruiting next. Hit that like button so we can get more people on board. If you haven't subscribed now, what do you think? And you got to do that. So we're breaking down Tennessee football recruiting and where they stand as we are roughly 15 days, I believe, away from National Signing Day Part two. Back in two minutes. Guardian investment
2: advisors Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. inflation calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today.
5: Hey, folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around billiards darts jukebox shuffleboard and cornhole and a full bar we also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events we even have a covered back patio it's happening at big orange phillies we want we need and we appreciate your business
0: hi mike davis here with city heating and air reminding you to always dare to compare our team provides quality local heating and air service installation and maintenance across east tennessee we use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's Chattanooga, we're at it
2: again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us Best of the Best Criminal and DUI Law Firm. And finals for Best Law Firm and Best Personal Injury Firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vashti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vashti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs. I
3: want to remind you that Zul Beer is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Go to ZulBeer.com to learn more. Great location downtown, and they have parking in Knoxville, which you don't find very often. XULBeer.com, ZulBeer.com, XULBeer.com. Dot com Hit the like button, we appreciate that. Turn your notifications on, please, if you're on Spotify or Apple, because we're adding stuff all the time. Maybe even a regular recruiting report at some point. There's been some stuff I've been kicking around, and the guy who's on top of it is our own Caleb Giroux. Caleb, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, how are y'all? I'm well. You have way more headspace than us, so can you pull your <laughs> I thought I guessed right. Uh, Calhoun's the opposite. He looks like he's sitting on a (laughs) to chair. I'm looking at the video, I'm like, man, uh, Caleb's kind of like Johnny Carson. He's got the big high seat where he looks down on his guest. Uh, But (laughs) he's just
4: very very tall and handsome. Very tall and
3: handsome. (laughs) He's had eight wives like Johnny Carson. Um, but I don't think that's yeah, Just <laughs>
4: one, one is enough.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I didn't say um, multiples at the same time. Travis says uh, Chakaroo needs a booster seat. He's not that young. Um, uh, you have to be young to cover recruiting. Cam Pringle, uh, a guy that I know Tennessee would love to add, is going to make his announcement on sunday uh, uh what can you tell us about that young man
1: oh, he is massive six seven, three thirty eight, 338
3: and right now he um I've he goes
1: there. to woodland woodland high school in dorchester south carolina and right now he's playing center for them on the basketball court so imagine a six seven, three 338 pound offensive lineman coming at you going for a rebound Oof. but he ranks as the number one offensive tackle out of south carolina number one recruit he's top 50 in the nation He's number one recruit out of South Carolina, top 50 in the nation. And then his top six consisted of Tennessee, South Carolina, Clemson, NC State, Georgia, and Florida. So all of these coaches have been taking trips down this week to see him. Kirby Smart was there. Shane Beamer brought his offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, tight ends coach, and himself all down to Woodland for one of um, Cam's basketball games. And the crazy thing about all this is these coaches aren't allowed to talk to Cam when they're on Woodland's campus they're not allowed to contact 2024s off of their college campus. So really they're just going to watch him and make an appearance and then they leave and call him, I guess, from the parking lot and talk to him. So he's also, <laughs> so he's also expected to um, see a uh, NC state's offensive line coach today. And I'm pretty sure Josh Heifel will make an appearance either at his basketball game tonight or at Woodland high school today. So obviously he's a South Carolina kid. It seems like he's leaning South Carolina. That's what a, uh, 24-7 sports, Brian Don, their national recruiting guy. That's what he predicts, is that he'll become a game cop. I've also seen a lot of people think that he's a Clemson guy as well. He's been flirting with them since he started his recruitment. So that'll be interesting to watch. I don't I don't think Tennessee's in the best place, but Hype will be there today and I'm sure they'll talk and we'll see what happens on Sunday.
3: John asked somebody then when we get to Calhoun, eating dry Cheerios from a Tupperware bowl. Is somebody doing that? Are you guys doing that? No. Is that you? I have no idea what that comment means, but I do that on occasion. Um, by the way, the helicopter thing with Kirby smart. Um, is that just showmanship or is that like really like a thing? Because Lane Kiffin did it way back when Caleb Calhoun, I'm sure you remember this. I remember that. And first of all, the helicopter Looked like it was for Mash. I didn't know that it was gonna. <laughs> I didn't know that it was gonna make it from one spot to another. I mean, it didn't. Do you remember that? Colin? It did not look safe at all. I mean, it was like a little two seater.
4: Oh, um, it I, was I didn't grand. know what the helicopter looked like. Oh, okay. So John says eating because you said I was sitting in a high chair. So eating. Your oh, head.
3: I got you. I got you. Well, <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, I understood, and I happen to be in Atlanta. Um actually looking into NCAA violations by Lane Kiffin. But I understood because of the traffic why you would want to go from one high school to another. But just on like a when did Kirby Smart do this? On yet this was yesterday. And he's got the big nice helicopter. They land on the field. Just just everybody. Is that really for logistical purposes to get around? Or is that I'm cool, I'm Kirby Smart, I have a helicopter and you don't.
1: Well, he also took his helicopter to visit Tennessee now early uh, enrollee, Shamarad Umarov, who lived in Alpharetta. And he said when Kirby Smart landed on his football field at lunchtime in the middle of the school day, all the students were clamoring to find out who was driving, flying a helicopter onto their school. And also Shane Beamer and his whole offensive staff landed a helicopter in the front lawn of Camp Pringles High School. I guess that was either Tuesday or Wednesday now. So let me, let me ask, let me, ask and I don't know. And I don't know what, cause I don't think there's, I'm, I've never been to Columbia, but I don't think there's enough traffic going from Columbia to Woodland yeah. to warrant a helicopter.
4: We're one of the worst stadium experiences in the SEC, Columbia. Really? I had a great time there. <laughs> there, you was you like the arm, there was nothing but a Bojangles within like, Oh. miles of the stadium it's like it's, it's 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 designed for tailgating which is fine but i'd like a, i'd like a few bars within walking distance
3: Damn. no that is true it's it's off in the middle of like a train yard um, yeah you know, <laughs> and signs that say go cocks everywhere they're not shameful of that whatsoever <laughs> and i mean they, they just dropped the game like 50 years ago they're just go cocks and um but the, so and they have fantastic mustard barbecue sauce. But my thing is, you fly in this helicopter, I get it for, you know, to get around in traffic because Lane Kiffin one time, I think he saw six high school games on a Friday night. I get it. You could not have gotten through all around without a helicopter. So, he take this little whirly bird that he's lucky he didn't crash and die in. But Kirby Smart has the real thing, man. This thing looks like it is um oh my gosh what was the what you might remember this calhoun uh what was the helicopter that had rockets on it and that flew around and all that stuff it was basically a knockoff of knight rider in the 80s do you remember this
4: i was born in 88 i wasn't watching
3: 80s tv shows like an <laughs> old um, all right. um okay so but, but let me ask you this is it more the image do you guys think or is it actually hey uh, i need to get from place to place because i think it's image i think it's image of showing up in a helicopter i think it's the fact that we retweet it what do you all think
1: Darul, i think it's the um i think it's the image because i mean it's a It was Wednesday, June, what, 18th, June 19th, or January 19th, excuse me. Like, it's not like he's going high school to high school in South Carolina this early and trying to pick up guys. So, I don't think it's that. Now, for – I don't – and I also don't think – would Kirby Smart take it from Athens to South Carolina? Or is he getting there and then fly – I don't know. I think it's the image. Now, if you – like, Lane Kiffin going high school to high school makes sense, and – If it's his old helicopter two seater that barely flies, then I don't think he's really trying to impress anybody with that. He might just be trying to make it from game to game. But I don't think in January that taking a helicopter is for anything other than looks. Get the school talking.
4: Was Link Kevin picking up in that two seater in the helicopter? Okay, sorry. That's true. And
3: did he he crash in the helicopter and the police let him go? That's the other um did he, have, did he have a couple of co eds by the way it's airwolf guys and if you haven't watched airwolf that is the greatest helicopter drama series of the 1980s now the list is short uh, it's not a big list of those but, but that is the best one by far all right uh, calhoun take it away let's uh see what uh has ja got in recruiting
4: all right, Jaru. I want to move to uh, yesterday because uh, we were doing the show live when BYU transfer gave Judy Lally a um, transfer to Tennessee. Um, played three years at Vanderbilt, then last year at, B- at BYU. Um, you got a good column. Everybody should check it out on Off the Hook right now. jaru has got one on him. What can Tennessee expect from him? I-, I, think that, I think that they're looking for him to start immediately and they need help at cornerback.
1: But how, how likely is that? How effective can he be? I would be very surprised if he didn't start immediately because, I mean, you look at the list of guys who they have coming back at cornerback, and it's really not anybody – I don't want to say decent, but Tennessee's – Judy Alley on PFF, Pro Football Focus, graded about 27-ish among eligible cornerbacks. So he wasn't in the top group that's going, and he wasn't anything special, but he was a lot higher than Tennessee's highest guy who fell in the 80-90 range of eligible cornerbacks. And that was their highest graded guy. So you look at something like that and you wonder what is going to keep Judy Lally off the field. I mean, he's not playing safety. So he doesn't have to worry about complex defensive schemes and checking everybody else. All you have to do is put him on the field and say, Hey, guard this guy, or Hey, guard this area of the field, which he's done for four years in college football. So he started um, 10 games for Vanderbilt in 2021 before transferring to BYU. In his three seasons at Vandy, he had 63 tackles, two for loss, and two picks. And one of his picks came off of J.T. Uh, JT Stroud when he was in a Tennessee uniform. And then he had 47 tackles and seven pass breakups at BYU. So no interceptions, but then you also think if people aren't passing at him, then you kind of figure they have some respect for him. And then you look at Tennessee's pass defense last season. They finished 127th in the nation out of 131 teams. So – I don't understand why Judy Lally wouldn't be on the field. And I'm very happy they finally got a defensive back because that was definitely what I thought was their biggest need. Because, I mean, they have Jordan Matthews coming in who could probably play as a true freshman, but I don't think you want to rely on a true freshman when you get into October, November, and every game is life or death, basically, for your
0: season.
3: I also think, too, I'm not trying to rip on any of the guys there. And I would say that Danico Sauter may be the exception. But when I just look for the eye test, physical guys that have that sort of ability to play at a high level, at defensive back in the SEC, how many guys are on that list that are on the roster right now? Let me start with you, that
4: have NFL potential playing in defensive back in the SEC. that,
3: that, That could be coached up that it's, it's not an issue of talent. It's an issue of, something else
4: so I agree with you with Danico Slaughter um I mean if we're sticking with cornerback I would I would believe Christian Charles could be coached up and he hasn't yet but it's like he's so fast like it, it's
3: I could roll with Charles too <clears throat> excuse me yeah yeah
4: it, but you're right mainly just those two in the cornerback spot I can't think of anything else and of course
3: Wesley Walker is a player i think we can all – i was
1: going i was going to say Wesley Walker but i think he's a safety right or a nickel yeah yeah so um, he wouldn't he wouldn't be in a spot Judy Lolly would be competing for and you have to have in their defense i mean you also want to have fresh legs at cornerback as much as you can how many how many snaps they play and how much they're running so i mean for 4 years he's either playing man or he sat he knows like how basic the like cover three cover one like where to be on the field so I don't see why he wouldn't start especially I mean Wesley Walker I thought he'd play a little more this season coming in but then you also have to think about maybe at safety it took him a little longer than expected to realize you have a lot more responsibility you're basically quarterbacking the defense once the ball's in play so I guess that may have kept him off the field but I would think Wesley Walker would be have the highest ceiling really
3: I want to ask you about uh, Nico, and he's going to be in the Polynesian Bowl. But first, just so you guys don't think I'm crazy, um, can 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 you see that right now? Can you? <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, yeah. you
3: can see Airwolf. That was a thing. That was that was Knight Rider in the air. That's exactly what that was. And you can get all 79 episodes if you want. So, free plug for Airwolf, a very underrated show in the 1980s. Calhoun, you got to get on board with that. Oh my gosh! Okay,
4: um, <laughs> what are these puppets? But like, what <laughs> I, what is, I, I don't think this is Airwolf. I, you're you're so—I think this is like a promo code of something else, Dave.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> Airwolf, Airwolf was a thing. That's that's, that's my point. I don't the know. The
4: backdrop what... of these like ridiculous little puppets, like like yeah, I'm thinking, well, like Yankers, Comedy Central early two thousands with this. Come like... on.
3: Oh, that's a wild <laughs> commercial. We tried.
0: Uh, Airwolf, though, is Oh, thing. my goodness.
3: That was fantastic. You have to check out Airwolf. Tennessee Junior says, freaking loved Airwolf. That's absolutely right. So, like, the, the flipper-floppers, whatever they call them, the propellers, would that be right? <laughs> they would actually bend back, and it would turn into, like, this jet. And it had rockets and all this stuff.
4: Oh, my god! Like, like the Star Wars planes. Except a Better. Seems like another like just like <laughs> slobberfest of the military industrial complex, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> it literally was Night Rider with a with a helicopter. If you, you remember Night Rider, don't you, Caleb Calhoun?
4: I didn't watch Night Rider, so no, I don't really remember.
1: I watch right. Night Rider.
3: Night Rider rocks. All right, so all right, guys. Um, Nico, <clears throat> is the Polynesian Bowl. So I, you know, classes haven't started yet, right? But who really cares? You play football. Um, Ardell
4: <laughs> Jones. I mean,
3: just, I mean, all of this is so funny. We talk about transfers and cash. And you're like, at some point, when they're making appearances and things, do they have to go to English 101? Anyway, um, he's in the Polynesian Bowl. What, what do you make of that? Um, it's way, way, way out west. Um, what, what do you think of, of Nico? And, and the fact that he was recently – he had his practices were so good in December as Tennessee's preparing for the Orange Bowl that it changed his ranking to number one. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so what do you mean? Scout,
1: scout best scout team quarterback in, uh, right. in America.
3: Yes. No, best, i don't... best Cade Club Nick impersonator of all time. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. He's. I think it'll be on a at nine o'clock tonight on NFL Network, and so it'll be interesting to see how he does against. Other everybody there is a power five talent. Now, it's not necessarily the best all-star game, but it'll be fun to see how he runs that offense and how he does. And he's looked really good at practice. and uh, A lot of people have raved, and he's been called the best performer by CBS and 247 Sports. And he also, during an interview, said that he was ready to compete. He came to Tennessee to compete for the starting job. So I think that's worth noting that he said that. And he said he, he'll accept whatever role he's in, but he basically, long story short, said he didn't come to Tennessee to sit as the second string. So I think we're in for a good quarterback competition, and honestly, that'll start tonight to see how he plays. Because if he can't, if he can't dice up other Power Five soon-to-be freshmen, I don't think he would be able to dice up SEC defenses.
3: Agree right. or disagree, from both of you, I wrote a column that Josh Heupel is happy <clears throat> with this. Quarterback room, and he is not going to make some vast change when the portal opens back up. <clears throat> um, people can enter it in late spring. I think he's fine uh, with Joe Milton and Nico. I think he looks at them as one of those guys is going to be the starter of this year and beyond. And maybe it, you know, it's if it makes sense, that it would be Joe Milton first, and then nico would take over at some point but <clears throat> i'm not even sure that's the case i would not be stunned and i just i'm gonna go on record saying this despite how joe milton played in the orange bowl i wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, nico's a starter by the end of september i think the schedule is very friendly to bring in a freshman quarterback and get him ready to go i'm not 100 percent on board with joe milton despite the fantastic orange bowl performance but at the end of the day my contention was by not taking a quarterback by letting Taven Jackson go and maybe saying wink wink Taven Jackson you should go I think those are his two dudes and he wants to split snaps in spring practice between those two guys any disagreement or thoughts on that Travis says it's a bazooka Joe bazooka's job to lose I'm not so sure that Nico couldn't overcome him
4: I think Heifel's going to give favorability to Joe Milton. Um, not because I think – I, I think I think just Joe Milton was his first major signee that committed as a quarterback. We've seen this in the past. I think he really likes Joe Milton, you know, kind of the senior thing. I, I think – so I, I think there's going to be favorability there. Um, I Look, if Joe Milton plays how he played against Clemson and he wins the job, he's not losing it. But <laughs> – you know, he shocked us all with that. But again, months to prepare. So we'll see what happens. But I, I, I could definitely see Nico getting it. And don't, you know, God forbid, don't take this. Don't forget about this. Injuries could come into play too. It's
3: true. Uh, Jaru, your thoughts?
1: I think looking at it from a recruiting perspective, Hypo's not going after very many. Obviously, he has offers extended to 2024 quarterbacks, but he's not heavy on a lot of these guys. So I think that shows that he's happy with his quarterback room he has now. He sees Joe Milton as the starter, presumably, next season, the way it looks right now. And then you have Nico behind him. And they're going heavy on a 2025 quarterback, Cutter Bowley, from Lexington Christian Academy in Lexington, Kentucky, number one guy out of Kentucky, number four quarterback in the class. So much so that they had a, – he's a sophomore in high school right now. He's 2025. They ha- hosted him at the junior day last weekend. So – there's so much into that guy that he's coming to events that aren't even really for him. And he was impressed by Tennessee and went to the Kentucky game that they ended up losing, but he was impressed with the environment, all of that. So I think that shows that Heifel is content with this quarterback room because he's not going for any transfers. He's not even really looking for a guy in 2024. So I think he's content with this quarterback room. And I also think Joe Milton, even if he plays not up to par I don't know how quick his leash is just for the fact that he has that. He's kind of like a leader in that locker room. He's been around for a while. You look at, you put Nico in there and he might, he might, even though he's very talented, he's still a true freshman. That's probably going to do true freshman things.
3: Travis says <clears throat> big difference maturity wise, 24 year old, to 18 year old. That is very, very true. And last week we saw Nico and, you know, ever since we've seen Nico, he's, he's been slim. He needs to put on weight, but what 17 18 year old doesn't uh, yes as far as a physical specimen there's there's no questioning the difference between the two and I, and I get that I just the more I hear about Nico the more I think it's a real possibility and I'm not sold on one game with Joe Milton and a Clemson team that I didn't think uh, played like they had a lot to, to play for Antone said Nico will get time after big leads we'll see then. I think yes, that could be the case. And when you look at Tennessee's schedule, let's 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 just play this out real quick. Um so let's say Joe Milton is anywhere close to what he was in the Orange Bowl. If that's an A plus and he's an A, then he's not at any point gonna lose his job to Nico or anybody else. That's just the fact. I mean, he was that good, but I think the door will be slightly cracked open at some point because I'm not hundred percent on board with him and, and his accuracy. I may be proven dead wrong guys, but there's one game. So you got Virginia to start. They're awful. You got Austin P and then you're at Florida who can't even figure out how to pay their players, even though it's legal. And so then you have, uh, you have the university of Texas, San Antonio, um, and then you have South Carolina, which I think Tennessee will be really up for. It. And then you have an off week. So now,
1: now UTSA is pretty good. I'm pretty sure they're in the top 25 like conversation this past season. So yeah. I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't count them out like an Austin P. But it would be a very bad look if Tennessee didn't handle them inside kneeling. Right. So yeah, they've won back to back USA championships.
3: Yeah, and I'm not I'm not knocking them. I think they have a solid program. But but when you when you go through one, two, three, four, five, those five, Tennessee. I know it's a trip to Florida, but Tennessee very well could be five and zero headed in into the off week. At that point, if you put Nico in a lot and you see something, or Joe Milton has struggled whatsoever, I could see the argument being made to to give Nico more of a shot and I you don't want to go back and forth. I'm just not ruling it out, guys. I'm not I'm not ruling it out at this point that Nico is the starter by the end of September.
4: History lesson on this. This was uh day we talked about the team a couple of days ago. 1989, Sterling Hinton starts the season right, goes 5 and 0 oh. in the off week. They decide to make the switch from Hinton to Andy Kelly.
3: You know oh, we, we could call Sterling to talk about that, but it's probably an uncomfortable memory for him. i don't know that we'd want to necessarily do that so uh i can already tell that jaru disagrees with me don't you
1: yeah i i don't know i do think it's joe's job to lose and i mean he's the mature guy even i don't in this offense like if he you would have to play really bad to get replaced, I mean it's it's so it's such a quarterback friendly offense. You you sit in the pocket and you, if the safety goes right, you throw left. If the safety goes left, you throw right. If he can't if he can't get that down, then he doesn't need to be on the field, I guess.
3: But it's predicated on the deep ball. The passing offense is predicated on the deep ball, and although we saw some great intermediate routes, we only saw one deep ball to Ramel Keaton, who was bare. I just I'm not not a hundred yet.
4: In this offense, if you are three of ten on deep balls, that's three touchdown passes.
3: Well, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, Caleb, uh, uh, Jaru, we look forward to your coverage uh, throughout the weekend, and you've got something coming up on uh, Cam Pringle and um, – uh, we'll we'll see where he where he ends up. I think it'd be a big big pickup for Tennessee. I think it's the battles, the kind of battles they'll win in the coming years. I just don't know that it's this weekend. So, uh, great stuff as always, man. Uh, keep up the great work, and we will uh, talk to you soon. You're a fantastic individual. See y'all later. Thank you, sir. We just take that. Oh, uh, killed the wrong Caleb. There we go. All right. <laughs> there we go.
1: Wrong well, uh, Caleb died.
3: Yeah. <laughs> John just said. See you later. He didn't even like the deadpan joking. Um, Travis says, only way he gets pulled if he loses to Florida. That, that is something to think about. That's
4: the fun. circle game right there, Florida. Yeah.
3: So, you think, so, would you change your tune a little bit if that were the case?
4: Depends on how they lost. I mean, if they lose to Florida the way Tennessee lost to South Carolina this past year, I wouldn't pull them. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see how it
3: goes This is the theme song to Airwolf
4: What do you think? It sounds exactly like an 80s show This is this exactly
3: is... what you thought it would sound like Yes, yes, yes Aerial coverage Brought to you in part by AndyMasonRealEstate.com Go to Andy com. But in all seriousness, when it comes to Andy Mason He is going to take care of you your real estate needs over 40 years of experience in that office and Andy Mason, realestate.com. Andy Mason has the best prices and the best service in the industry. It doesn't get any better than that. Why this weekend is so important for the balls and why a newcomer might very well change their shorter term future we'll talk after this stay tuned this is a production of off the hook sports i remind you that campbell cunningham taylor and Hahn is where you need to go for your vision needs and they'll take care of you because they're local back in two minutes
2: sun sand and saltwater. the beach is a very relaxing place unless you wear contacts ow Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah, Do you want to own the more that owns every job, then get the Vashti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vassy here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or eleven lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive.
5: Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car, it's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And As always, we want, we need,
0: and we appreciate your business. Here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air.
1: There's your bear. Chad we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best
2: criminal and DUI law firm and finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down.
3: You just can't get enough Airwolf. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. You just heard from Zach England of Vesta Brock. Zach's got your back. Personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area. And there is none better to go toe to toe with those insurance company lawyers that are Pretty well-funded. Well, funded. well uh, Zach England of Best in Brock and the Best in Brock team can take care of you. Zach's got your back. All right. So I want to get to the transfer portal players that Tennessee lost. Uh, Taven Jackson, we mentioned. Uh, John wanted to ask about any chance of landing the cornerback from Ole Miss that is in the portal. Um, uh, Caleb, let me turn this uh, to you. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, but also want to address... The players that Tennessee has lost to the portal, Taven Jackson being one that I don't think was going to be much of a factor, would have been nice to have depth, but I think Tennessee is very comfortable turning spring practice snaps over to Joe Milton and, and Nico as well. So I think that's the direction they're going to go. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, Integrity Matters, City Heating and Air, City Heat and dot. Calm. So are you familiar with the cornerback from Ole Miss that's uh, currently in the portal, Caleb?
4: So there are two, funny enough, uh, defensive uh, backs that have hit the portal. One was uh, uh, cornerback Davison. A, I, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Igbinason, I think. I think, I think <laughs> and then there's a safety in Tyseem Johnson. Um, and so the question comes is, could they steal either one of them? This 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 news actually broke right before we found out about Gabe Juli Lally um, committing to um, Tennessee. Now, Tyson Johnson, the safety, apparently Tim Banks recruited him when he was at Penn State. And Willie Martinez recruited him when he was at UCF with Josh Heupel. So, lots of connections with uh, Johnson. Um, uh, the quarterback, uh, sorry, cornerback in Benison, uh, actually he's from Jersey. He was also recruited by Binks and Martinez separately. And he took an official visit to Tennessee back in 2021 when they beat South Carolina 45 to 20. So there are definitely some ties to both of them. I think fall fans would love nothing more than to upgrade their position of need that they need the most and doing it at Lane Kiffin's expense, um, but at the same time, I got to say, I think usually when players enter the transfer portal, even at Ole Miss, they're entering it because they were struggling playing there. And if you're struggling playing at Ole Miss, are you really going to be able to play at Tennessee? Maybe. Maybe. Their secondary was god-awful last year, so it's possible.
3: I think you're right 95% of the time, but you never know. A guy may want to move closer to, to home. He decided he wanted to leave, and he's kind of homesick. He may have a girlfriend who recently enrolled at Tennessee. We're talking about 18, 19, 20 year old guys. So, but but 95% or more of the time, you're absolutely right. I mean, they couldn't play where they currently are, which um, Taven Jackson left. Were you, it's been a while, but Walker Merrill, were you a little surprised to see him leave?
4: Yeah. So, in my, in my rankings of uh, transfers, uh, the balls will miss the most. Walker Merrill's in the top half of the 14, right there at number seven. I think mainly because, not including Dante Thornton, who just transferred, but among the players we know are in the system right now, we know Merrill would have been fourth on the depth chart this year behind Drew McCoy, Romel Keaton, and Squirrel White. Um, now, Dante Thornton changes that because Dante Thornton is, to me, still the scariest thought ever hemming in Josh Heupel's offense, so that puts him fifth. But, you know, being the fifth receiver in Josh Heupel's offense, you're one injury away from being a regular rotational player, quite honestly. So, a little bit shocking.
3: No, I mean he's he's in the two deep, and what it would be a rising sophomore. Is that right? Uh,
4: so. I believe, maybe rising redshirt sophomore. I think.
3: Okay, so t- Tennessee lost Justin Williams Thomas, and we at one point thought that he might compete for the starting spot. I, I hope he goes on and has great success at Cal, and I'm not I'm not ripping him, but this kind of seems like the classic. Uh, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. The other issue with Justin Williams Thomas very well could have been pass protection. I don't care how great of a runner you are, they could have Walter Payton back there, and if he couldn't pass protect, that's what this offense is built on. You just ain't going to play. So we mentioned Walker Merrill. Uh, I like Jimmy Holiday. I get it. Jimmy Callaway. I get it. I'd still rather be a part of of this this offense. Uh, Lyneth White head sideline. Uh, you had it number two on your list. By the injury last year, perhaps things are completely different because he was supposed to be that power running back, and they've now picked one of those up in recruiting. We had number one, Jawan Mitchell at linebacker, was the biggest loss for the balls, and I thought, rightly so, uh, the the most surprising.
4: Yeah, I, I still can't work this one out. I mean, I get they went after BYU transfer Keenan Peely, but I think Peely is more to offset the loss of Jeremy Banks more than anything else, and so... I mean, the only explanation I could think is maybe, you know, Caleb Herring or Elijah Herring and a few of those, and Caleb Perry and other linebackers like that have really um, started to separate themselves during uh, scout team practices for the Bulls and, you know, are ready to really step into that new role next year. So that's the only thing I could think of. But then I think, you know, you talk about it in Sean Chavis' offense. I don't think there's a lot of complexities to playing linebacker in Tim Banks's defense or John Chavis' defense, excuse me. I don't think there's a lot of complexity to play in linebacker Tim D- Banks' defense. So, like, isn't that one you should be able to figure out pretty easily even as a
3: freshman? I actually think it's more difficult because of the twists and stunts they do up front that sometimes involves linebackers. I, but you're comparing a defense to what I thought was one of the most simple defensive approaches of all time. So I'm not saying it's difficult to step in Banks' system. I'm saying it's just incredibly easy. To step in Chavis' system. If you're an athlete and you have a rough idea of where to go, you're good. Anton saying, "Can hype will fly in like Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now, uh, with the music blaring, fight fire with napalm." Hey, I'm all for that. Just get mm-hmm. in there. You remember that that scene is still with the dude surfing, and there's you know bullets that are hitting Duvall uh, about six feet away. I'm sure you've seen Apocalypse Now, right? no
4: Dave I have oh that. my god <laughs> <laughs> oh um, god I told you I don't really like war movies I gotta be honest except for Star Wars but um uh... Anton
3: would you agree with this that the ending of Apocalypse Now is incredibly disappointing I just thought it was kind of okay the rest of the movie was fantastic give me a Give me a hit on that on the message board. Big Orange Philly great place to watch the NFL. You can see the Cowboys get beat because they were jobbed by the NFL because they get six days of rest and the San Francisco 49ers get eight days.
4: That's oh, sure. yeah, the NFL has such an agenda against the Cowboys. They do. They're
3: they, not- absolutely, no. they absolutely do. And you can watch it right there at Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville. That's not one of the teams that they want to see. At <laughs> Maynardville. Well, the system is wrong. It just did not – it, it hurt the Cowboys, but it's that that Monday night game is just wrong. But they don't do it at the end of the regular season, but they do it in the playoffs. Anyway, um, Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike, the place to be. Uh, hit that like button uh, if you can. If you're on board now, it'll open it up to more people throughout the day. But Big Orange Phillies is on Maynardville Pike. They've got billiards. They've got darts. They've got it all cornhole. You're going to love Big Orange Phillies, and they're just fantastic. Um, great family environment. All the TVs you could possibly imagine to be able to see what you need. And also, the food is fantastic. How about that? Have a fantastic day, everyone. We'll see you Monday each and every day at 10 o'clock. If you're out and about and you're not watching on YouTube, please set your notifications on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. We've got an app that's supposed to come out very soon. And we would love for you to be a part of that. But set those notifications on YouTube because we're adding things all the time, be it Ron Slay, Jacob Warren, uh, Cooper Mays and a big time, big time edition coming up in February. Antoine said, I think the ending was fitting uh, the doors. This is the end was unreal. That is a phenomenal song. So you won me back over. I do like the ending of Apocalypse Now. Thank you, Antoine uh last thing orange storm said what are the chances we land uh ad mitchell
4: the georgia transfer wide receiver i um i don't think he's gonna end up in tennessee but i mean he could i mean if you're a wide receiver and you think you can start immediately i mean yeah you you pick tennessee but given how loaded tennessee now is with elite prospects at that position i don't think he'll end up there and i don't think tennessee title is going to lose any sleep over not getting him
3: uh how is amanda on a beach and pregnant so i don't know how that goes it's I feel very fortunate to be a male. Caleb, have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk soon. And coverage of the announcement Pringle over the weekend a lot on offthehooksports.com. So uh, check it out for Caleb Calhoun, Caleb Jaru. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hooks Sports.